Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of Dialed In with Market Dial. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and I'm excited to start off and really kick off this podcast with the man behind the company, Morgan Davis, the CEO of Market Dial. And on this first episode, we're going to be focusing on how brick and mortar stores can do rigorous but necessary A-B testing to find out why are they underperforming. This is really the core of what Market Dial stands for, and I think it's important to understand why A-B testing is so crucial in today's day and age when it seems like there's always a different pain point for your business. Are you getting hit from online? Are you getting hit from physical sales? The answers never seem to be as clear as you might want them to be, and sometimes A-B testing is the way to go to get those answers in a clearer way. Morgan, great to have you on the podcast. I'm excited to dig in. How are you doing today? Yeah, doing well. Uh, also excited. Morgan, uh, let's get a little more insight on your career path. So I know you worked in management consultant before founding Market Dial, um, but when you were working as a management consultant for clients in retail and food and beverage, what did you notice was plaguing brick and mortar stores that eventually encouraged you to co-found Market Dial? Yeah, it's it's uh, tricky to have it one very clear answer. I right. think um, you know there's that that famous quote that uh, all good families are alike and all dysfunctional families are uh, differently dysfunctional. I, I totally <laughs> butchered that basically, but it, the same thing applies to retail basically, where uh, most good retailers tend to be alike, and the ones that we got brought in on, you know, as a management consultant, tended to have a variety of different issues uh, that stemmed from a different, you know, a whole host of different things uh, that they were working on. On the positive side, the ones that were alike, uh, they all uh, had kind of the heart and core of innovation and were always looking for the next thing and were incredibly customer focused. And uh, I can't even begin to list off the pains and the problems with uh, retail that wasn't going well. But you can see in the news, there's uh, store retailers going bankrupt left and right right now, and and you can make a list of uh, key reasons why those were. Right. Um, but I think it's fair to say, you know, not innovation driven and definitely not focused on their customer. Sure. So let's uh, let's dig into just a few of those, right? I mean, I know you said it's kind of difficult to put it all into simple terms, but let's say you know the top two or three pain points that you saw across several retailers, something that wasn't necessarily specific to your small mom and pop shop or your big retailer, but something that was affecting everyone, albeit even if it was a little differently. Yeah. uh, Retailers right now have had, have more data than they've ever had before, right? So they have obviously their transaction information. They know everything about what you purchased and, and when you purchased it, but they're starting to learn things about their consumers, um, you know, about them personally, they might, you know, figure out their, their income levels, they might have loyalty programs that give them insight into their shopping behavior over a long period of time. And uh, in a lot of ways, that's helped retail, and it's made them sharper, it's made them more able to compete with their online counterparts, or at least be on par with their online counterparts. But in a lot of ways, it's actually uh, driven a paralysis of sorts, because they have so many options, so many different ideas, so many hypotheses that they could try and that they can do that uh, they find it very hard to pull the trigger on anything. And this is really classic, you know, from when I was a consultant, we would make a lot of recommendations to these brands, uh, you know, to uh, do X, Y, and Z to drive your business forward or to approach this new market or impact this segment in this really important and and good way. 
at their core, these are just ideas, right? These are hypotheses. We think these are the right thing to do. Um, and these retailers struggled to figure out which of these should we invest behind because there's no end of these. And so this this really plagued it and uh, really was the core kernel of where Marketile came from originally. And I think a lot of that data pain obviously comes from the move to online and the proliferation of mobile devices, right? Everyone's got a mobile phone. Everyone is shopping online from the palm of their hands. And that creates, I mean, so many points for retailers to draw actionable insight from um, shopping habits, uh, location services, uh, sort of seeing, you know, you jump from one store to the next to the next. What does that say about you as a consumer? And then setting up your displays to match that and to appeal to that consumer. And it's all pretty overwhelming and often I think with this extra data, you sort of don't know where to start, right? You you get a problem, you think you know what the problem is, and you try to create a solution, but the solution never really addresses the problem correctly, and that's probably because there's not enough testing on the back end to really make an actionable decision. Would you say that's right? Exactly. Yeah, you definitely nailed it. So when you have a lot of different competing priorities, a lot of lot of innovation, a lot of innovative ideas uh, that are coming out, and that's the job of everybody in retail is to, you know, the marketing team, their whole job is to come up with new marketing campaigns, new ways to approach their customer, new ways to communicate the value. Um, but they don't actually know which of A, which of those things work, and B, are those marketing initiatives more powerful or, or going to be more impactful than a set of store remodels, or like you mentioned, changing the displays in a certain way, or a whole new assortment of products. And so they, they you know, come to this without having that capacity. And that's really where testing comes in and, and how, you know, we now at MarketDollar are able to really engage with uh, our customers, which is helping them uh, understand that, that testing culture, uh, a way to validate these assumptions before they have to pull the trigger. And it really drives a lot of confidence for uh, these retailers, because then it's no longer, you know, sh- you know, should we give it to the the chief mart that our budget to the chief marketing officer because he's really loud, uh, or should we give it to the CFO and the you know the finance team because she's uh, got some numbers to kind of prove that that worth. It really removes a lot of the emotion, and and with rigorous testing, you can say, okay, let's spend X behind this initiative because this is what's going to drive our business forward. And since so much of that retail has moved online, I think often retailers turn to those online points as the source of their problems or the potential solutions to their problems. But that's not always the right move. Uh, Often that can be kind of misguided because if you're a brick and mortar retailer, sometimes your issue has a lot more to do with the tangibles than the digital intangibles of your business. So tell me why that can be an issue, um, you know, for retailers to always look online for the solution or the problem. And why isn't that always the case? Why do we still have to keep in mind a lot of the the physical aspects of the store? And it sounds kind of self-explanatory when, you know, you phrase the question that way, but I think there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, no, there there definitely is a lot to unpack. You know, retail as an industry right now um, is quite big and Roughly 10, depending on the numbers that you get, 10, 15, maybe as much as 20 in, in some analyses, uh, 20% of transactions happen in e-com. So to, to put that in perspective, Walmart, their brick and mortar you know, stores, do, by all accounts, they do more revenue than all of e-commerce combined. 
So when someone looks to e-commerce as the way to kind of just it's the panacea, the way to just fix everything, the silver bullet to kind of come after that. Um, it can be a bit of a fool's errand, right? Like it's a very important aspect of it and it's growing and it's, it will be important. And the, the merging of online and offline uh, is something that they need to, to learn and grow into and really be effective at. But to say, hey, you know, we're going to set up a website and it's going to change our business just is not the right thing. And for a lot of consumers now, you know, e-com has actually made buying easier than ever. Uh, you can buy anything really quickly. But shopping is a very different prospect where you want to go uh, feel and experience and uh, become educated on a product. It's a very different prospect. And, and the joining of those two things of kind of shopping and buying can be really, really powerful. Um, as example, we've had, uh, you know, from my consulting days and now, you know, here at Market Dial serving uh, big retailers, on two different sides of the spectrum, we've had uh, specialty retailers who are really investing behind e-commerce uh, intelligently and thinking of it as a way to increase their reach, increase uh, their margin profile, to uh, you know change the way their customers interact with that brand. And they had a really healthy outcome with it and were able to kind of use that as a, a point of growth going forward. And we, we've had other brands that were a bit more you know, call them struggling uh, over over time. And they looked to e-com as a lifeline. And what happened is they basically took their same, you know, potentially misguided practices from their brick and mortar stores and just put those online. And and we all know that that doesn't solve anything. Um, not to, to, you know, kick a horse while the, the, you know, beat the dead horse or, you know, kick them while they're down to some degree. But uh, very few people are going online to have a good experience at Sears.com. It's just not happening um, because a lot of those same same mentality and their same capacity um, has translated to the to their e-com site, and it's just not what you would expect from a modern uh, you know e-commerce shopping and buying experience. And I know a lot of what you stand by, both as Morgan Davis and as CEO of Market Dial, is identifying the most crucial pain point for brick and mortar retailer and you know, focusing on just that pain point because it's not really worth spreading yourself too thin. You know, you want to identify what the main one is and attack it full force, but that often takes a lot of testing and that testing can, you know, put a a bad taste in clients' mouth. They often don't plan for it or they resist it because they think they have all the answers even though you know, they've hired you to help you, right? Like or they've they've hired you to help them, so it's it's difficult because they think, you know, we know our customer, right? We know our audience. We know what we need to do to fix the problem. We're just kind of having you on to help out and to solidify the process for a solution. But often, you know, they're still looking online when the problem might be more tangible, more yeah. physical. So give me some insight on what a useful run of A-B testing can really look like and how some clients in the past that you've worked with haven't really been that receptive, but obviously, you know, you have to power through and show them this is how you have to move forward to either, you know, expand your customer base or actually sell your product or grow your company. Yeah, it's tricky. And, you know, the good thing about being where we're at is we get to act a little bit like Switzerland, where we kind of stay above <laughs> above the fray. Neutral. You know, we're, we're neutral. <laughs> and, and it's definitely not that people don't have, you know, we haven't had 
people inside of a specific, any specific retailer have problems with us or question, you know, our software's analysis because they didn't like the answer. But for all intents and purposes, where it gets messy, honestly, is back in, in my consulting days where we would make big recommendations and big changes. And, and frankly, a lot of times they just got tabled uh, because that you know they didn't trust them or they they thought oh they're just a bunch of 20 year old kids coming up with these or we know our business and that's really where you get into that messy part we get to you know here at market dial help them instill the testing culture so that they can actually just validate or disprove uh, those ideas basically so there's a lot of software out there that will help you to say hey we're going to you should change your prices in this specific way you should change your the products that you have on your shelves there's a lot of consulting firms like, you know, where I worked and, and lots of really great firms out there that will say, hey, here's the new brand messaging and how we should think about taking your brand from A to Z and it will grow in these ways. And uh, people turn to us to be that that neutral, uh, unbiased party uh, to be able to say, here's the things in that new brand strategy that seem to be working. And here's the things that, you, you, you know, you might want to look at tweaking and work with that, you know, your other partner or, you know, internally to figure out the right thing. So what this successfully can look like, so to give an example where there was some trepidation on the part of the retailer. So we have, um, we're great partners with these uh, consulting firms and they they were in uh, with the specialty retailer there, long time family owned business. They're doing actually uh, quite well, all things considered. Um, they were an auto parts store. They uh, were growing over time, doing doing decent. They were acquired, uh, and the acquiring company hired this high-dollar consulting firm to come in and give them some pricing recommendations um, and to, to use those as a platform to grow and get more margin and all those kinds of things when you buy a company that you want to do. So uh, the consulting firm you know, went there, did a bunch of really hard and complicated work, and, and, and made a suite of recommendations on prices that should move upwards, prices that should move downwards, different bundling technology, you know, uh, different bundles that they should put together. And by bundles, I mean, you know, buy one, get one free or buy these two products, get a discount on the third or, you know, how you package your products together. So they made these recommendations and pretty much across the board, everybody in this retailer uh, was not on board with these changes to say the least. And it's because they've been operating this for dozens of years and just had never once changed their prices. It was very different than what they had, how they had approached retail before. They, they got a product, they marked on X percent and they sold it on to their customer. Whereas now this consulting firm is pushing them to think a little bit differently about pricing, to increase value in some you know, places for their customers and to maybe capture more value in other places. They ultimately were not going to make these pricing changes because they couldn't get the confidence behind them so the consulting firm actually, you know, kind of took a step back and said, "Hey, um, why don't you partner with Market Dial and uh, you know use work with them and use their software to build a suite of tests uh, to test out this new pricing before we have to go all in on this. Let's do a suite of tests and let's just figure out what's working and what's not working." So they did that. They they brought us in, um, set up a number of tests across their across their stores where they picked some subset of their stores to take the price up, raise the price, and they chose a different subset where they were going to lower the price. They chose a, a third subset where they moved up and down, and they, they made all these different changes. 
and uh, used our software to add that analytical rigor on top of it. So picking things like control group and you know all this heavy timing and analysis components and enriching it and you know all that kind of really important stuff to get testing right. And what they found on the outside of this was actually really healthy. Almost all of the changes that this consulting firm were recommending worked almost perfectly, like exactly like they recommended, and everybody was high-fiving and feeling really good. But something like 15% or so of the changes that they recommended were a disaster. It had They would do either one of two things. People stopped buying those products altogether, uh, or people bought them at the same rate, and people were already going to buy those products, and so they were just giving away uh, uh, margin basically to to people that were already going to you know to purchase those products so they were to leverage that insight and say great let's go and implement all of those things that were working let's take a step back and and relook at these the reasons why you know x y and z products didn't work how we thought and either try that test again after we tweak it or just table those because we were able to find so much margin or, and and so much new consumer value from this first set Let's just start there and go forward. So it, that to us is what success looks like. It's not that every test works perfectly because if everything you think of works, then you don't need to test. You're a genius and, and all is well. Right. But uh, finding the things that work and finding the things that don't work, frankly, and uh, learning from those and, and uh, improving your business because of that. Yeah, well, I guess the conversation to have is the solution that's presented often isn't the final solution. And I think that's where the miscommunication comes from, is that when a company like Market Dial is hired and you work with a client or really just any management consultant, right? The idea is we're bringing you on to identify the problem, work with you to get to a solution, you deliver the solution, problem is fixed. But like the nature of A-B testing, you test A, you get B, you test B, you get A, you know, like there, there's often a disconnect and the first round isn't the last round. And the same can be said in any industry. I mean, just look at all the tests people do on something like AI, right? Um, all these products that get brought to market and, um, you know, data scientists that get hired by large C-level people to fix something about their company, AI comes in to do the job right, but the first version of said AI isn't the last version and isn't going to be the best version. So much like that, your retail plan, how you move your business forward into the continuously evolving 21st century is going to take trial and error. How do you find the best way to communicate that to retailers in a way that really makes sense to them and isn't scary because retail is such a volatile industry. You know, you don't want to hear, oh, we'll just test it and what doesn't work, we'll try again because <laughs> what doesn't work to them might sound like we'll go out of business, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's it's a few things and we can hit on a couple. Uh, the first is before, you know, we're a software provider and, and we have no, you know, visions of grandeur that we're right, going to, right. you know, change everything aspect of these you know our retail partners lives but one thing that that we really insist on before we uh you know get deep into the throes of setting up our software and doing a bunch of training is making sure that the executive team uh, you know the c-level people the vps are aligned with what success looks like in testing it's a lot of what you actually actually mentioned uh, which is hey people on your team are going to start testing and they're going to start uh, trying new things and lots of them aren't going to work in fact you know, we've seen with most retailers somewhere between 40 and 50% of things that they try um, 
don't succeed. And there's a lot of versions of don't succeed, but they just don't succeed uh, in some factor or another. And uh, the senior at the senior team, they need to be okay with that, seeing lots of different iterations, lots of different tests, and uh, being okay with maybe half of them uh, not panning out. And then what that means is when we get down with the more junior people, or the people that are actually in the throes of it, coming up with the ideas, testing these out, they feel like they have a little bit of air cover from, from their boss or boss's boss's boss uh, to try things that are new and maybe a little bit more innovative because it's okay if not everything works. Uh, someone who did this actually really well, you might remember these Domino's had commercials um, you know, five or seven years ago where they basically came out and to you know, the American populace said, hey, we're going to be trying a bunch of new pizzas. Hang with us. Some of them might be terrible, but we think some of them are going to be great. And, you know, let's stick this out together. And we do a lot of that same messaging internally with our with our retail partners before we really even begin testing, because some things are going to work and some things aren't going to work. Um, and the second thing I would say is um, people get very spun up about the very biggest tests, right? So we're going to change everything about our business in one fell swoop, and it's going to fix everything and be amazing. It's this new brand strategy. What we found are actually most productive is winning more or less by inches uh, in retail. So, you know, some uh, category manager, someone who, who picks what items go on the shelf, um, will have a new idea for how to uh, lay out those shelves or which products are really resonating with millennials or are really going to be impactful. And if that test is a success, it's not going to, you know, turn a big brand completely around on its own, but it's going to make that category that much better. It's going to make that customer experience that much better. And um, in historically, when, you know, retailers didn't have good software and they didn't have good ways to do this, they really could only do a handful of these tests a year. So what happened is they only picked the biggest things, whereas now they can do smaller changes, smaller tests, and see the value of those uh, on a more consistent basis. So what we found is it, it reduces a little bit of that stress as well, because we're, you know, not everything is a bet the company uh, type of test. And we found that that, that kind of brings the, the stress level down uh, internally. Well, Morgan, I think that is the beauty of what Market Dial does and really of the industry. Throughout this podcast, we're going to explore this more in depth. We're going to look at specific anecdotal situations with specific clients for what their issue was, how Market Dial went about finding the solution. And I think we're really going to get to unpack on Dialed In why A-B testing is so important and really answer the question, why is my retail business underperforming? So Morgan, I'm excited for the future of this podcast and for more episodes with you. But till then, thanks again for joining us. And I'm looking forward to the next one. Thank you. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Dialed In with Market Dial. For previous episodes, you can head to marketdial.com, or you can find us on iTunes and Spotify. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.